We are here because we are dedicated to helping the entire CrossFit community. Determined to elevate coaches, box owners, athletes, and everything in between, we believe that this mission will begin right here, right now. While this time and this goal begins with you, our hope is that you take this fire ignited within you and weave it into your own life with the same unrelenting passion to give those you have the privilege of coming in contact with the best hour of their day. That's a crazy new feature. I know, dude. It's really weird. We've been talking about it after every podcast. Uh, but if you guys don't use Zoom, again, we talked about it in the last podcast. It has this weird recording. And then it shows you that it's being recorded, right? There's like pop-up thing that comes up there. It, it pops up and it says that weird voice. You and then you can opt out of the meeting, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So anyway, welcome back to the podcast, everybody. Fern here. I am here with uh, now good friend, Mr. John Wells, who is a CrossFit owner up in the affiliate owner up in the Northeast owns CrossFit Aries. Mm-hmm. And we we're going to chat because John has a pretty interesting story, as do uh, at least a small percentage of the affiliate owners these days. Um, and we I think this is fair to say, John, that you purchased an affiliate in what might have been not an ideal time of the world <laughs> i guess that's a that's an easy way to put it yeah <laughs> totally so, unexpected so give us the give us the timeline here just so that we can kind of set the stage for this and then there's some them some things that i want to dive into but um yeah it's pretty much worst what's the what's the the line from um um armageddon he's like yeah pretty much worst worst scenario imaginable got it <laughs> yeah exactly um it was, I want to say we started negotiations late 2019. So I was trying to... Perfect. Yeah, it was like timed perfectly. So I started securing my loan or trying to secure my loan early 2020. And it's just very odd how it happened that I got approved for my loan the day that basically COVID shut down the world and they stopped issuing loan money and started going towards relief money. Um, so that whole thing got put on hold. So I was basically ready to buy a business and not able to buy a business until COVID started taking its toll. So, yeah. So what, so when that happens now, I have a lot of questions now and I know some of the story, but I don't know we've ever, we've ever, we've ever dove this deep into it, but so when that happens, are you still like, fuck yeah, I'm buying this gym. Or are you now kind of like, maybe this is a terrible idea. <laughs> I, I think it might've crossed my mind once or twice, but I, I don't, Never really second guessed it. I was like, all right, we're doing this. And I just kind of shifted my focus and like, we'll get into it. It's crazy how the whole story like kind of played out. But as soon as I was told that I wasn't getting my loan money, it was basically like, all right, how am I going to manage this place for the next couple months until this kind of settles down until I'm going to be the future owner? Cause it's like, you know, the world goes into a pandemic, everything shuts down, you know, people start staying in their houses. It's like, okay, well, this is the business that I'm supposed to buy in a couple months. Do I want something that's, you know, even worse than it is right now? Or do I want to try to make it better during this time? So that was kind of the mindset. And then, so, so obviously based on that, some people are like, okay, he had a, he had a previous relationship with the gym. So what was your relationship with the gym prior to like, Hey, I'm going to buy this. Yeah. So I was coaching for, I think two years prior to it. Um, so I was introduced to the gym from my girlfriend. She went here before I did. And then I came here just as a member. Um, and then I started coaching here probably about two years before it came up. And I had said, like, 
probably a year and a half prior to that. I was like, if this place ever, you know, goes up for sale or the owner doesn't want anything to do with it anymore, like I'd be interested, like just talking out of the blue. And then sure enough, a year and a half later, someone had mentioned it and I just shot him an email at complete random. He didn't even know who I was because he didn't come to the gym ever, like three years absent out of the gym. Um, and then so who was running the gym? I don't remember this. So they had a model where they just had a general manager. Got it. So he had a general manager in here on salary and they kind of just took over all the operations. Okay. And then correct me if I'm wrong, but this was essentially just an asset purchase, correct? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Cool. Okay. So then, so this is where a lot of the questions have like, and we don't have to get into the numbers, but how does that negotiation kind of unfold? So you shoot this dude an email and then is he like, yeah, it's yours or how does that work? Uh, he played hardball a little bit. He tried to make it sound like there was, you know, a hundred people in line to buy this gym and that you know, it was a huge asset. But as with any negotiation, obviously, you know, he's got his side, I got mine. So I basically just started valuing everything in the gym. Um, I went on rogue, had a spreadsheet, put a value to everything, added in some or subtracted some depreciation towards the end and basically came up with a number to present to him. And it, and the number at first to him was kind of like, you know, he turned his head and he like fell off his seat. And I was like, Hey, that's what it is to me right now. Um, but like the funny thing is when, you know, someone like that is selling a business and they've had it for so long. Cause he used to be pretty involved in the gym. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of like, um, I guess emotional attachment to it. So he thought that there was more value there than there was, but realistically I had been managing this place for, who knows how long before we even got into negotiations. So right. I kind of had the relationship with all the members and whatnot. So that's kind of how that unfolded. It was like my number and then what he was thinking. And it took a few months to reach a number that we both agreed on. So based on that, we'll go with small, medium or large <laughs> discrepancy between your number and his number. Where yes. are we at? <laughs> uh, I'd say medium. Okay. That's typically, medium. it's never small. It's no. usually medium or large, the discrepancy. And you, you're right. Like everybody is emotional and it's, which I get it. Right. And we've talked about this before. Like they're emotional because they put a lot of time and effort into it. Right. And then they've never had it evaluated. They're just like, this is what it's worth. This is the amount of money that I've dropped into it. So this is what I would like out of it. It's right. like having an old car that you're just like, I'm really, I just really like that car. It's great. You know, it, yeah. it survived the flood of, of 72. And I'm like, yeah, but it's got three wheels and yeah. no, air, and no AC, have, you know, probably have hours of work into it, but that doesn't mean the engine runs or anything like that. So, right. And then, um, with regard to that, so how long did that negotiation take? So there was actually two negotiations. So the first initial one was probably about three months or so. Mm -hmm. Um, then we came to a final number. I was able to start looking for my loan with some sort of a number in mind. Um, and then obviously COVID hit, I wasn't able to get my approved loan number. And I was basically managing this place from March, 2020, all the way up until February of this year, just without being owner. But we were able to renegotiate around November, December of 2020. Now that COVID had taken place and it kind of put, you know, a different situation on the gym. It was a different light. And then we renegotiated to a new number and we're able to execute on that. So that took about a year. Yeah. A little over a year, a year and a couple months. Yeah. There's probably two schools of thought here. One is this is a terrible idea. Don't do it. And then the other camp is probably like buy the dip, you know, <laughs> buy the so, dip. 
you know, I, I had, I went to a family friend who was an accountant way early on and I showed him the numbers of the gym and he looked at it maybe for 30 seconds. He knew he was like, this is a bad idea. Don't do it. <laughs> like, this is, this is a very dumb idea. Find You're going to ruin your life. Get a real job. <laughs> and I left there and I was like, but I, there's potential here. How does he not see that? But he goes strictly by the numbers, but I don't know. I, I couldn't believe him at the time. And, you know, I'm glad that I didn't at the time. So I want to come back to that because that's super important. The, the potential idea yeah. um, and that we're that's a real thing. It, it's flawed in execution, though. So now with that, so it's about a year you do that and then you end up securing the loan. But so but we talked in when's the first time we talked like November of of 20. Yeah. It was. Yeah, because I hadn't been, I wasn't the owner yet. And I remember right. I'd asked you, I was like, hey, I'm not even an affiliate owner yet. Is this going to make sense? And I think and you I, asked me, you're like, are you 100% sure if this is going to happen? And I was like, eh, like 98, but close enough. And I was like, just <laughs> go for it. Nobody believes me, but when, when I get on the phone with people about stuff like that, I am super blunt. Yeah. To save people a lot of heartache. There, there's more than a couple people that I've gotten on the phone with. I'm like, absolutely do not do that. Yeah. Under no circumstances should you pursue that endeavor. You should, if you want to do it, you can do it a different way, but absolutely do not do that. And I remember, and I ask everybody, it's kind of like, I consider this the same as when somebody gets married. And I do this with all of my friends and have since my friends started getting married, even if they're like hundred percent, I will sit them down. It'll be one-on-one, usually intoxicated. And I'll, be like, <laughs> and I'll preface it. I'll be like, listen, you can't get offended by what I'm about to ask you, but it's my duty as your friend. Are you sure? Oh, because if, because if not, you need to leave right now. <laughs> so biggest three words. <laughs> yeah. Are you sure? Um, and some people have taken my advice. Others have not. Um, but it usually results in a follow on conversation, which is like, what the fuck have I just done? How do I do <laughs> yeah, this? <right. laughs> so, um, okay, cool. And then, so you officially have been owner since February, correct? Yeah. February 12th this year. So roughly four, four and a half, five months five months yeah right yeah, yeah. seems like two years <laughs> okay <laughs> so and you so just to just to be very clear and you had it a little bit worse than a lot of affiliate owners because you're kind of in the northeast and the restrictions there were were noticeably more aggressive than like in virginia beach or, or in some of other places like that so sure. how long were you completely shut down so we were shut down towards the end of march 2020 and we were fully online until memorial day 2020 and then we were able to hold outdoor classes for three weeks or four weeks until july 4th weekend which just happened to be like a 95 degree heat wave during those four weeks so we were out back in the blazing sun um and then we came back inside limited numbers in july 4th of 2020 and then we've been inside since then However, it's been back and forth with whatever the mass policies have been since then. And, you know, it, it's been ever changing. It, it was hard to stay on top of everything. You just kind of had to take everything with a grain of salt as it came because it was just it was a constant moving target. And then what were the restrictions? It was like less than 50 percent, correct? Yeah, at one time it was. So they did. <laughs> we started off. Um, we had spaces laid out in the gym, obviously, right. but I think it was 50% capacity to start. And we started off with wearing masks. If you were outside of your workspace, that soon went to hundred percent mask policy, even while working out. 
um, which then went to, I think, 25% capacity along with 100% mass. And this is all going through the winter while, you know, keeping the door open, mm-hmm. trying to manage, you know, the bills of the gym and the heat and everything like that. So it was just, it was always something. Yeah. That's, that's been one of the biggest struggles with people like that, that we work with is, is trying to navigate that like ever changing scenario, which is like, yes, no, maybe half kind of full, like close it down, open it up. Um, yeah. Like there's like Germany has been all over the place. Like, we have people, we have boxes in Germany that we work with and it's like open close. And if this changes, we're going to close again, maybe indefinitely. And I'm like, what is going on over there? Um, so it's, uh, it's definitely interesting. And, and the, uh, the old adage of, uh, simper Gumby, you know, <laughs> always be flexible is, yeah. uh, is paramount these days. So it's, um, but there's some, there's some opportunities for success there, obviously. Um, so here's kind of the big question that at least that I always have for everybody is, Talk to me a little bit about prior to being owner. Mm-hmm. Like what, like what did you think it was going to be like versus what you now know it is? Uh, uh, <laughs> I thought it was going to be the best thing ever. It was like own a gym. These, everybody in here is awesome. The community is great. I'm going to go in, you know, work out, build this business and you know, everything is going to be good. But that quickly changed when I started to take over and it was more or less wasn't when I came, became fully owner, because before that I was still managing the place. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is kind of like where that turn happened is basically when I talked to you about affiliate, you, we, um, it was making that transition into ownership. And there were a couple of days where I came in here where I was like, I don't even know what I should be doing right now. And like my previous career was construction management. So I knew how to manage something and keep it running, but building the foundation of something to grow, that's what I wasn't too sure of. And it quickly realized that once I started to come into ownership, that that's the knowledge that I was lacking. And then once I found all that out, you know, it's been nonstop, not what I originally thought, but it's been, it's been fun. It's been a really, really good time. So what, what was the, do you remember like, what's the, what's the first time you realized you're like, I don't know how to do this. And what was it? Um, so I was, so I had been a coach for three years prior to that. So like I had a really good relationship with everybody in here and that was it. Like I had a really good relationship with everybody in here. So like, as soon as I started trying to grow the business, it was, Hey guys, you know, if you have any friends or family that want to come in, you know, bring them on in crickets, you know, (laughs) nothing really happened. It was basically just taking this place and keeping it running. Um, but like, like I said, the community is like, one of the biggest parts of why I bought this place because it had so much potential. So during that time of COVID, we were able to build the community, even though we weren't necessarily growing as a business, but I wasn't really worried about that because I wasn't fully in charge yet. Um, But then once it became time to grow, when everything started to settle down, that's kind of where it like dawned on me. It's like, I don't, I don't know what to do right now, to be completely honest. It, that is one of the more, um, how would I describe this? it's something that I have a, a tremendous amount of empathy for because I've seen it so many times and, and it, it, no matter how many times you can tell somebody that it's, you think you understand what gym ownership is like. Yeah. But you don't until you sign your name on the dotted line and you're the gym owner. It's like, it's kind yeah. of like being a parent. You're like, ah, yeah, I get it. But then sure. you become a parent and you're like, Oh shit. Like you look at the world through an entirely different lens and it's always the same. Um, <laughs> however, those emotions are usually backwards. The parenthood is like, Oh, this is amazing. Gym ownership is terrifying. 
Um, yeah. I'm, how much stress was involved there? Like once you actually took over? Um, honestly, not as much as I anticipated because again, I had like that six month window to kind of build it up, which it was that silver lining of COVID coming around as much as it sucked. It allowed me six months to kind of prepare myself for that. So what I had originally intended was, you know, I had money saved away from my previous career that I was going to use to pay my bills while I grew the business. It ended up being so that by the time I got into ownership, that the business was able to pay my bills at my house. So I didn't need to tap into that. Um, so stressful. Yeah, a little bit. As soon as like I signed the dotted line and I was like, all right, this is all in my hands now. I can either make it or break it. But that window beforehand, I think it alleviated some of that stress of what it could have been. Yeah, I remember when you and I talked the first time and you told me that I was like, okay, well, you're in a way better spot than most people to do this. Most people are, are, are planning on having that pay their bills immediately, which you can do. It just takes yeah. a while. Um, you know, it, it, it takes a while. So that sounds conflicting, but like it takes a lot of planning prior to in order yeah. to make that unfold. So when I leave job A and move into my new career of ownership, that that can be a real scenario. So, cause you've mentioned it a couple of times with potential when you were looking at the gym potentials, that super abstract statement, just like great community. When you looked at potential, what did you, cause I think you probably look at it a little bit differently now where you're just like, Hey, this is, you see, you see new potential now. So what was the difference between what you saw as like prior to ownership and versus what you see now? Um, I think prior to ownership, I saw the potential in the community that we have. And now I see the potential in the community that we can become in the business that we can become and the brand that we can become like before it was, all right, this is a group of kick-ass people. Like, you know, I love being around them. Other people will love being around them. Like, this is great, but now kind of seeing how we approach everything, you know, laying the foundation of a solid business and having all these processes in place and, and different stuff to, you know, continue to provide for everybody in here. It's like, it's infinite now. And I want to show everybody, you know, what we have to offer in here. And it's not just my community that I have now. It's how can I grow this into an even better thing? One of the things I always think is super interesting is the just kind of number one, the mindset shift that has to happen there with regard to like going from a head coach where you have, there's a difference between responsibility and then accountability yeah. with as a coach, you're responsible for things, but at an owner, you are accountable for things, meaning like the buck stops with you. Yeah. Um, and with regard to your transition, this kind of leads to my next question, which is what are, what's one or two of the thing, the biggest things that you didn't know? Right. Like you walked in, you're like, oh, I don't know that or have no plan for that whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was probably pretty much everything on the back end of running an affiliate. Um, like I knew how to coach at that time. I knew how to manage people and I knew how to kind of keep the business going. But it's all these things that we put in in like the last six months that, you know, allow us to grow. So I always said before, and I, I never really knew the full meaning of it when I said it before, but I was like, and my background is construction. Like I did construction management for eight years. And I always said, you need a solid foundation to build something strong. 
So when I originally said that it was, you know, the community that I had, I was like, all right, I have to build a solid foundation with this community and then I can build something. But that started to turn to not only the community that I had, but all of the processes and everything on the back end to kind of continue to grow this business. It was a foundation, you know, that basically, you know, I got from affiliate you and, you know, other input and everything that we put in it just allowed me to level up and level up and level up. And I felt like I was just taken to the next step, taken it to the next step and still like that. Cause I'll, I'll revisit a lot of these exercises that we've done and just continue to put stuff in place. And it just makes that foundation stronger. So when more people come into the gym or people see us, they're like, Oh wow. Like this is legit. This is awesome. I still do that to this day. I literally just did it with, with my mentor last yeah. week. I went back to, uh, one of the first exercises that we do in the course. And I, I, I did it to myself Yeah, and then put fresh eyes on it. And then I was like, Hey, just, just do me a favor. Just sanity check this thing. And he was like, Nope, everything's good. Yeah. He's like, you're spot on with this plan. And, and then I was like, the only other thing is blah, blah, blah. And he was just like, he was like, that's the only thing I had on my list that I would have told you to add to that. But he was like, everything else is, is literally dead on for any advice that I would give you. And I was like, okay, yeah. cool. But it definitely helps to come back to that. <clears throat> One sure. thing that's interesting one of the many things that's interesting, I just find this whole, the entire dichotomy of, of opening affiliates, whether it's purchasing or opening from scratch or, or trying to rebuild it is this idea, this, this kind of push pull of the community versus the business. And the, they're seemingly kind of at odds. Um, and obviously we want to grow the community, but that involves growing the business and people think that you can do one without the other. Um, and I guess you technically maybe could, but it looks a little weird that way. Yeah. But there's a question that almost nobody has an answer for when I ask them, which is, you know, like you, you've been through it. We ask you like, Hey, what's your goal? Like, where do you want to be in one year? Where do you want to be in three years? And people yeah. give a whole litany of answers, just all yeah. sorts of stuff. Most of it is like, you know, is, is fairly reasonable. Some of it is outlandish. Um, but then here's the real break, which is, What's the plan? Yeah. And I have yet to have anybody that has a, an answer for that. Like, it's no. just like, well, we'll just keep going, you know? So yeah. did you have any sort of plan or did you, cause it's typically one of two things. Either I have no plan or I have a plan that is woefully insufficient. I had no plan when I talked. To you first. <laughs> yeah. I'll be completely honest. I had no plan. And I like, I have trust in myself. Like I trust myself that I can get into something and figure it out. It's just kind of how I've always been, but whatever that roadmap was, no idea. So I was like, okay, I trust that, you know, I can figure this out eventually and I'll get by it. I'll make it work. But what's going to happen tomorrow, next week, next month, I have no clue. I'm just going to kind of go about it. And that's, that's honestly, I was sitting in my truck. I remember it very specifically in my driveway after, you know, a long day at the gym and it was one of you guys' podcasts that you just mentioned Affiliate You. And I had no idea what you guys were even talking about, but I heard Affiliate You and I was like, I'm going to check this out because this sounds like maybe it's something that can help me out in that kind of scheme. And I was like, okay, I think this might start to establish a roadmap on how I can get to what I'm, I'm projecting right now. What did you think was the first thing that you had that's all that's another one i always where where did you think you needed to start what aspect of the business did you think you would need to address first bring in more members and which i think is like everybody's first thought is like i need to get more people in because that equals you know more money and that's going to solve 
the issues there, <laughs> which it does to a point, but it can. at the same time, it, it's, a, it's a bigger picture that's under a bigger umbrella. Cause it's like you, you were saying before it's, yeah, you can grow the community, you can grow the business, but I think you grow them both simultaneously by having, you know, that plan, that process, that foundation in place. And if you start treating the people in the gym, like you're trying to get new people in, it just kind of all comes together at some point. And then you start to notice it and you're like, Oh my God. Okay. This is what I was missing. Yeah. There there's, there's a lot of like little hidden aspects to that, but the, it's super important to focus inward first. Yeah. You know, there, there's typically sure. two problems that people that, that, that a gym owner would face like two. If I was to have you like, if you were to limit me to two problems that people deal with, number one is there's no revenue in the business, meaning like it doesn't make any money whatsoever, at which point sales is now a very serious concern. The other one is sales are decent, but the owner is drowning. Right. Those are your two. There's some other ones in there where like the, the, the gym is just an absolute dumpster fire and either needs to be liquidated or have some sort of drastic changes. But those are typically the two big ones, meaning like, OK, the revenue is OK. I'm paying myself, but I'm working 80 hours a week and I can't figure out how to undo this. The other one is it makes no money. There's no staff. There's no membership. And I'm trying to get this thing to look like something that would turn revenue that would that would pay at least a decent amount of wage to the owner. Um, yeah. Most people fall in the ladder. That, that was my situation. Yeah. I think we were at the start of COVID, um, like just covering rent and utilities in terms of where we were at. Like no old ownership kind of making its way out on the down, the decline. And then me starting to come in, it was pretty much at that point. Mm -hmm. Did you... I don't know if we ever talked about this. Did you ever, because a lot of people are like, I need to run ads. Oh, yeah. Did you Facebook consider it or did you think my, you needed I to did. do that? <laughs> yeah, I did. I spent like a decent amount of money on Facebook ads and I had no idea what they were doing. What's a, what's a decent amount of money? We could just let the listeners know on this. It was probably over the course of, I'd say, three or four months. It was probably... 500 bucks. So not that much. Like okay, I would, that's not that bad. That's I actually started off small. So like when I yeah. go into a casino, I don't go for the high roller tables. Right. Like I was like, all right, here's 10 bucks. Yeah. Let's see what happens. And then I would ask people as they would come into the gym, I was like, Hey, how'd you hear about us? And none of them ever said Facebook ads. And I was like, I'm not sure this shit's even working. <laughs> Oddly enough, uh, we get way more. And I talked about this yesterday on the call. We get a ton of organic search traffic here at CrossFit Rife, uh, which I don't think enough people pay attention to. If you were to kind of like refocus your efforts from away from Facebook ads and just kind of like optimizing your SEO, making sure website website doesn't look like a you know, monkey's butt, then, then you would be way better off and make sure that that like is optimized, that the, the images are good. I mean, we could go down such a rabbit hole there, which is not that complicated. It just does require yeah. some work. Um, you could, you'd be way better off spending, you know, 500 to 1500 revamping your website and making sure that that thing is dialed in tight, at which point you'll recoup that in a month. Yeah, for sure. And that was kind of, I think one of the things that came along the lines of purchasing the business is it's been established for a while. So we had some of that traffic organically through Google. And that was mostly the people coming through the door is like, oh yeah, Google search CrossFit near me or stuff like that. And we would pop up. Um, and that's just from, you know, inheriting the name, 
you know, being around for five or six years prior to me taking over and having, you know, someone established, it can definitely be better. And that's kind of on the game plan for the next couple of months is to revamp that and, and make it better. But I think we inherited, you know, or I inherited a little bit of that from, from previous ownership. In terms yeah, of- for sure. I mean, there, there's definitely something to be said for having it, it, solid awareness. People know that the thing exists. They might not be interested, yeah. but they're aware that it's there. And then it's my yeah. job to, to create interest and in, in, in more awareness and then have some sort of potentially enticing um, offer or yeah. scenario in which they can participate. So yeah, obviously you guys have seen some, some really solid growth. I mean, you and I were talking about like the numbers the, that you were looking at and it was like three or four times higher than you thought it was going to be at this, at this point point yeah in the journey is there when you're kind of looking back at that is there i always want even when i do this exercise there's it's it's never the things that i think are important it's always the things that i thought were mundane or like minuscule in nature Mm -hmm. when you look back at it what was one of the more important things that you've implemented or that you've looked at that you didn't think before as I like to say, was a thing. Um, that's a tough, I don't know if I can pinpoint something specifically, but it's, it's the internal work that we've done for the membership that's here. And, you know, it's, it's hard to see when it's happening. Um, it's hard to pinpoint, you know, that you're doing it well, but every now and then, like I'll get a text message or I'll have a member come up to me or send me an email and they're just like, Hey, thank you for everything that you're doing here. Like, this is amazing. And it's like those little moments that happen over the course of this, then I'm like, Oh, okay. You know, this is starting to turn. I see what this work is putting in. And then that kind of trickles down to the community outside of this gym. It's like, Hey, you know, they told their friend or they told this person, that person. Um, and that just kind of drives traffic into the gym. And then I started to see the growth. It was, it started off internal hundred percent. That's always my biggest uh, kind of beef with the ads and the the idea of, of sales versus retention that you that you have to start with retention. It's almost it's almost not even a conversation in my mind. Like yeah. you have to start there because those people are your biggest advocates. If you just treat them better, then you'll be. Ha- it's again, it's the 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 analogies with regard to dating are endless in gym ownership, which is okay. So you're unhappy in a relationship, you know, because your significant other doesn't take you out to dinner or whatever name, name, insert thing, your, your butt hurt about. (laughs) And, and then, so then you start, what do you start doing? You start looking at other dudes or other chicks. Yeah. Right. And just like, "Mm, I bet you that dude's going to be nicer to me, or I bet you that chick would, you know, (laughs) you know, love to take me out to dinner instead. So then you start, instead of just reinvesting in that relationship, at which point, it will be reciprocated back to you. Yeah. But the problem is everybody, and I don't know if this is a societal thing, but everybody wants the other person to take the first step instead of just owning that shit. Cause it's yours and say, you know what? I'm going to make the first move here and I'm going to initiate this interaction and I'm going to do it with no kind of, uh, you know, expectation of return here at which point it will return. Yeah. I- I've never heard it put that way, but it's disgusting how, close that is to gym ownership oh they're they're no different like it is a marriage yeah 100 percent. that that's exactly how it works it's taking care of what's inside here first and then it's amazing the growth that you'll see you know after that 
So if you could quantify that just a little bit, just with regard to that. So what's your membership base at now? Like uh, numbers wise? We're just pushing 90, I believe. And you started at what? 40s. Right. So you've exceeded the net three that we talk about. By the way, were you shocked when we when we went through that exercise? Oh yeah, that blew my mind. That, I think <laughs> it was everybody's mind. <laughs> I put in the comments after. Um, I was like, that was the craziest exercise that I've ever seen in my life. Like literally, I think it was at that point that I was like, okay, this is doable. Like that's not that difficult. This is definitely doable. That is the reaction every single time that we do it, um, yeah. and people are like, holy shit. And, and, and I always like to describe it as most gym owners think that they need to jump across the, the Grand Canyon mm-hmm. when all they really need to do is step across a puddle. They just have no idea. They have they have yet to be able to figure out to, how to quantify the distance from A to B. Yeah. So that's the first step is just like getting people to realize, like opening up their eyes, be like, you're actually on the five yard line, bro. You think you're pinned back on your own one and you're on the five yard line. You're on the five yard line. But now it's just like, what's the play call? So that's the yeah. second piece that people don't have, which is like, well, now what the fuck do I do? Now that I know I'm so close, now what do I do? And it typically is the wrong move, which is they're like, okay, well, if I do that, I just need more members. And I'm like, wrong. Yeah. <laughs> we got to exactly. look at the, we got to look at the playbook, bro. We might have to switch our defensive scheme. We might have to go back over here and rewrite the entire offensive strategy with regard to how we do all of this. But if you do that, you will punch it right into the end zone every yeah. fucking time. Yeah, I, I couldn't believe that. It was like before we had that exercise and, you know, before taking over and, and starting with you guys and whatnot, it was like I was looking at the end game with like binoculars. Like it was so far away. And I had planned on that. Like I had money put away. I was like, all right, I'm going to plan on paying my bills for a year with this and, and whatever it might have been. Um, and then we went through that exercise. And a couple months later, you know, I started seeing the numbers change, just focusing on those things. And I was like, this isn't as far as I thought it was like, it's, it's right here. I just never saw it before. A lot of times when, so when we go through some of those exercises, people will, I'll see the one in three year goals. And most of the time I'll look at it to myself. I think we could do the one in six months. We might be able to do the three year goal in, in 12. Yeah, be- I- but because, but that's because I know the numbers. I know how, I know how to map it out. I know how to look at it and how to project it forward. And I know how fucking close it is. Yeah. But most people look at, you know, and most people grossly underestimate what they can do brick and mortar too, by the way, they're yeah. just like, they give a number and I'm like, I don't know if I told you this, but I tell a lot of people, I'm like, that's a, that's a really low number. Like you yeah. should, you should bump that up. But the problem is it seems high because you don't know how to get there. You don't know the things I would put in place in order right. to, to get to that number and, and walk through the process of, okay, if I stair step this and I go one step at a time, how is this all going to plan out? Yeah. And a lot of people that we are working with have already hit one year goal, but then are also the other one is just like, okay, now the next step is help. Like yeah, now that, I need help. That that's kind of the plan that I'm on right now. I think we already hit my one year goal now in four and a half months that, you know, the business is, you know, taking care of, of my life and continuing to grow. And I think my other goal that I had told you in the beginning was to be able to take a week off at the end of this year mm-hmm. because my girlfriend's going on rotation. She's in optometry school. She's going to Alaska. So my goal was, all right, let's get this business in a place where I can go and visit her for a week. So that's the next step of this that I'm working on is making sure that, you know, we have the things in place that I can step away and not worry about it for a week. She's doing her rotation in Alaska. Yeah. Crazy. Like deep, deep Alaska. That's Is she going to move back to, to mass? 
Yeah, three months. Okay. So she's she's three months there, and then she's going down to your neck of the woods to New Orleans for three months. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. Which is, I think, during crawfish season. So I'm going. She'll to be there in like trip. March, April timeframe. Yeah, yeah. She'll be ending, I think, mid-April and coming Perfect. back home. Perfect. Yeah. So Perfect. it's like Alaska and then New Orleans. That's that's my game plan to go visit both of those. You should definitely. And if you go to New Orleans, call me. I'll go meet you down there. For sure. <laughs> It'll For be sure. great. Uh, yeah. And the good thing is everybody has terrible eyesight down in New Orleans because they're all drunk. So everybody <laughs> sees sideways and you could give prescription glasses to virtually anybody in New Orleans oh, and be like, I'm going to be, she's gonna I see, be I see seven Mardi Gras beads. I'm like, it's one bro. You're hammered. Stop drinking yeah. hand grenades. Um, <laughs> so, um, that's really cool, man. And that's, that's, it's one of the most rewarding things, you know, cause I remember that. I remember that very vividly. I remember it very specifically when I finally sorted that out and was able to connect the dots. Mm-hmm. And it took a long, I mean, it took me way longer. I mean, like it took me, you know, the better part of six and a half, seven years, you know, we're going on 12 years to finally start to piece that together. Um, and then, then, then now you have the second layer of problems, which is, okay, I've got the business. So if we go back to the, the kind of podcast we did with Michael McCall, which is like the base of the pyramid is sales. Yeah. And then on top of that, you start looking at the other layers of that, which you have to go back and look at it. But at some point you have to build your team because you cannot scale up. And we've talked about this before um, with regard to like how you start to grow your business. And a lot of people think it's stuff or bigger space. And it's not. It's you have to yeah. build a kick-ass team, which will then just catapult you into whatever your next endeavor is. Um, yeah. And that, that's been huge to up until this point because it's, it's only been myself and my other coach here, Kristen, which, you know, it, it's been a phenomenal team, me and her going through, you know, the past year and a half or whatever it's been. And, you know, as we start to grow, we're obviously going to start to bring, we're going to need to bring more people on and it's making sure that they fit in. But, you know, having that, team to rely on to kind of navigate through these crazy waters that was that was a huge part of of getting through everything the last year and a half and like yeah there, there's there's also this um i'm trying to pull up the the image right now but the there's also this everybody's different right with regard to what needs to happen and this is one of the things that it, i really get a little um worried when i see some like really hard like hey this is this is the hiring order that you should do this is exactly the order and i'm like no that might not be the hiring order at all what is going on in the business what does this gym owner need and then it might be a full-time coach it might be a virtual assistant it might be a full-time salesperson i don't know we have to look at what the business needs and then build that out of it because we've done it a ton of different ways and i think that's the key is like finding what the the business needs. So I was looking at it right now so that it goes. So if you're thinking about fix this next, the pyramid goes sales, profit, order, uh, impact, and then legacy. So order is the creation of efficiency, which is now building the team, right? So sales builds profit. And now once I have profit, now I can have this buffer with which to create order, which is the team. So you have to go in that order. And then when you get to order, it's the team and then the process with which the team operates. That's the part, that's the next evolution of, of things that people mess up for any number of reasons. I think there's a lot of ideas that exist out there that are, that, that are 
at least for first iteration ideas that I don't think are actually super efficient anymore. Um, yeah. Like four nights and I, and I, and I love coop and I love what they do, but I don't, I don't love that model having executed it in multiple levels. I don't think it works very well. Yeah, that, That's a good point because I had, I had heard about that model prior to like when I was just starting to take over and you know, when you're new at all this stuff, you hear something, you're like, Oh, all right. Like that's how you have to do things. And the more I kept thinking about it, I was like, I don't know how, like, I like it, but I don't like it a ton. Very similar to what we talked about with the, 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 the giveaway thing that we're doing. Right. Like I liked it, but I didn't really, really like it. And it wasn't until I asked you about it and you were like, mm, no, you know, I do like it, but not fully a hundred percent. And that just kind of reassured me to kind of weed out everything that you hear and, you know, go with your gut, go with your own knowledge of what you feel is going to be good because sometimes it's not, you know, a hundred percent, knock it out of the park. Like you, you got to kind of put some logic there. Well, there's a balance there, right? So again, like I, there are a lot of places where four nights would work and I, I sure. consider this is, this would be, I would, this would be analogous to, um, squat stance, right? So we would say squat stance is like heels, roughly shoulder width apart, toes turned out slightly. That's what we call most cubed method. Meaning like that will work for most athletes in most positions, most of the time. However, it is not an end all be all or 40, 30, 30 for, or, uh, yeah, 40, 30, 30 for, for zone prescriptions. Like it's a starting point at which yeah. point you should make adjustments based on what the movement light looks like or what the, your next body composition measurement looks like, and then move it from there. Um, but I, th I think it's a starting point. I, I do think it is realistically the basement for pay yeah. purposes. Um, because I just find it very difficult to pitch and then very difficult for people to make what they need off yeah. of that. Yeah. Don't, don't get me wrong. Like what we're doing <clears throat> now is a variation of it, but it's right. not exactly. And I had this conversation, with one of my good, which is appropriate. Too. Yeah. A lot of people will like read, you know, a book or they'll see something in a video or something and it'll be like, the Bible, like that's what it is, but you, you need to kind of flush it through your own internal filters and see what works best for you. Because it's not always, like you said, it, it's not that final iteration. It's usually going to evolve in some way. And, and the other piece of that is just like, there are certain things when I want to trust my gut and there are certain things when I want this to be logical. Right. So right. when it comes to hiring and stuff like that, the person I'm going to trust my gut how it's structured and pay and all that, I'm definitely not going to trust my gut there. That is something yeah. that needs to be fleshed out to, to, sure. to a very fine degree. And this is where I think it's helpful to have somebody come in and, and walk you through and say, here's exactly the things that we consider. And here's the, ex here's the exact steps with which we're going to do to figure this out, which we've helped. Again, it could be, I've had virtually every scenario, which is I'm going to hire a full-time coach. I'm like, cool. Or a part-time coach. I'm like, you don't need a full-time coach. You need somebody to come in and scoop up. Like I'm working with another gym, Dennis up in Michigan at Abyss. I was like, you don't need a full-timer right now, bro. You need somebody to take 20 to 30. Yep. So we looked at it and I'm like, could we pay that? He's like, absolutely. I'm like, cool. We're going to put something together. We're going to find somebody. Other scenarios, just like I'm trying to pull people out of doing 30 hours of personal training. I'm like, hey, we're going to rearrange this. We'll do it that way. Other people were like, I hate admin. I'm like, four to 500 bucks on a VA, dude. Like that's going to free up your time. That's, that is, that's the key is having somebody who understands that like at a granular level to be like, no, no, dude, you don't need this you need this again, no different from a coach who's like, Hey, you need to straighten up your feet, which if right. you just went with the straight feet, you know, uh, theory with everybody that is going to be catastrophic. I can tell yeah. you right now, some people sure. need their feet straight. Some people do not. Some people need to go a little bit wider with their stance. Some people need to widen up their grip. It's all dependent on that. And if you don't know the intricacies of the intricacies of the business, 
in many instances, if not most, that advice would be wrong. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It, it, you need the details behind the story in order to make that, that decision. Like you can have the baseline, but the details that that's where everything lies. You need to know that stuff and you need to make sure that you adjust it to your specific situation. Cause everybody is different. What's going to work best for you might not work best for, you know, the gym down the street. It's just, it is what it is. What's your favorite part of the business now? Um, I like developing things like, putting in new processes and then revisiting them and seeing how that they can become better. Um, like I always like fixing things. So like kind of the baseline, putting in the processes, seeing how it works for the first iteration and then revisiting it again and being like, okay, like this is where we can make this better. Like I just did that with, you know, in terms of my scheduling for onboarding mm -hmm. and consultation, like I revamped that and made it just much easier on myself responding to people and having them get into my calendar. Um, we're about ready to switch up our ambassador program to the next set of people. And I already have some ideas on, on how to make that better and, and making it best for the next six months and then continuing off of that. That's why I think is one of the most important pieces of, of like developing a business is understanding that, but whatever template that I originally got, which is why I don't really love templates. Yeah. Um, that is again, first iteration. And then what I need to do is redesign that and refine it. And where I think there's a, probably a misconception about that is like, Hey, here's the thing. And then we're done. I'm like, no, no, no. Like that's, that's one of five iterations. So yeah. let's get to it. Let's, let's get to number five because yeah. that's the one that's actually going to work. But again, it's going to be unique to you, to your circumstances, to whatever you got going on. Yeah. So, get with that and don't be upset when you have to change it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that that's my favorite part about business ownership and entrepreneurship because I've always, you know, it, it's not just owning the business. It's figuring things out and creating something better from, from what you have. Like that is hands down why I love coming in here. And, you know, I, I used to work my career previously and I've worked hands down, you know, more hours on this business than I ever did in my previous career. And it's, leaps and bounds more rewarding and it it doesn't feel like i'm doing that because i'm enjoying building this thing and making it better and making it better and all these different iterations and just you know it, it's kind of like fitness how far can you take your body like you know it'd be hard to do that if you had no plan exactly. exactly right if somebody didn't give you like if you didn't sit in the level one and somebody's just like listen like you don't need uh to do you know buys and tries like you could do one hour of fitness a day and you as long as you vary it and you do that and then you measure the inputs and you measure the outputs and you will you know in some instances stumble to your stumble your way to fitness it works way better and way faster if you're a little bit more thoughtful and intentional about it yeah. um which you could do that in business. Uh, it's a little bit more dangerous, <laughs> you know, yeah. like you could fall on your face a lot harder than you would in fitness, but I have yet to find a, a theory or, um, a concept within that lecture or excuse me, within that seminar setting of the level one specifically that does not translate almost, if not absolutely into business, specifically sure. the CrossFit affiliate. For like, sure. I, t I will, I will beat this drum forever. If you, as a, as an affiliate owner, if you dug into the level one and you really, and you could do this by trying to pursue your level three, which I think every gym owner should do. Yeah. If you really, really start to understand the concepts in that manual and that trainer manual, that is the level one, you will find ways to improve your business. 
Oh, for sure. I mean, admittedly, I could get you there faster, but the point is like a lot of those things I'm looking at, I'm like, dude, I'm like, that is a perfect, like that is a perfect layover on top of like what I'm doing for the business. And if I just use what I already know about fitness and about CrossFit here, I will come up with a really solid answer. Yeah. I I think there's like an overarching theme with a ton of things in life that kind of follow that same basic pattern. And if you just take that mindset to other things, it's amazing. Like the growth that you'll see in, in those areas of your life. Like that's exactly true. And, um, yeah, hundred percent. What's the, uh, just a couple more things, man. And then we'll wrap up. I know you got to go run your affiliate, bro. The, what's the, what's the thing that you would say you're weakest at as an affiliate owner? Um, probably right now being a coach. Okay. Yeah, I would. And it's not that it's a bad thing, but it's, you know, I have a ton of focus over on the other side that I never thought that I would have before. And, you know, I'll I'll catch myself sometimes. And it's like, I know when it happens too, it's like, you know, that wasn't the best class I can do better than that. And it's just kind of juggling those, those two together. So I know that I can improve on my coaching when I have the business going on at the same time. So I, I do think that's probably my weakest point right now. And I'm sure there's a number of things that I can say on the business side, but there's, you know, there's a lot to business ownership that I didn't know was there. And I've just been like really diving in and digging my heels into that. So I, I would say that's probably my weakest point at this point. If you're going to be bad at one and you're a business owner, that yeah. might be the one <laughs> like, yeah. be, because I mean, and I say that as somebody, you know, who obviously, you know, reps the brand and like, I'm, I'm a, I'm a huge proponent of being a professional and being good at your profession. But the reality is like you were armed with enough information to give people a good experience and keep them safe. And that journey is a lifetime. Yeah. So it's not like you're sure. going to get there by the end of the year. Like as long as you're continuing to beef that up and you have a plan with which to get better. And these are all the things that we cover like on our phone calls with you and your coaching staff, which is like, okay, cool. Like how can we, how can we make these small things just a little bit better? And then, and then diving in on those things. Cause again, you will continue to have again, multiple, if not infinite iterations of those things, because you always, when you get to what you, you think is a level of mastery, you, what you really uncover is there that there's two or three levels above that before you would really get to anything that would resemble mastery, which is fun. You know, and business is the same. You continue kind of like breaking your own beliefs with regard to, okay, how good of a coach can I be or, or how simply can I teach something or, or what can this business actually do, you know, yeah. either from a membership base or a revenue standpoint. And you're like, oh, we can do that. And I can do it the right way. For sure. You know, for sure. Um, we're going to put it out into the ether, man. Give me one goal that you have for the end of the year. One goal for the end of the year. Um, that's a tough one. I mean, obviously it's that, it's that week off. So I would say, I mean that, that, Hey, that's a good one, bro. Let's, let's put it in there. But now we have to do is we have to reverse engineer and be like, what needs to happen in order for that? that That's what I was about to say, because what's at the root of that, it's, you know, building a solid team and system to make that happen. So this is all, this is, this is fun for me now because I'm like, okay, you want to take a week off? Really what we're saying is I need staff. Yeah. So now the goal is not take a week off. The goal is grow the business so that I can put a full-time employee in here. Mm-hmm. At which point you could take multiple weeks off. You can take every yeah. many weeks off you want. It doesn't yeah. matter to me. It's your business. But now that we do that, then we start going through the other exercises, which we've started to do, which is like, okay, what does that look like? 
Yeah. What are the multiple? What's the again? What's the first iteration of bringing this person on? You know, yeah. like what's the what's the initial pay going to look like? And then what are my avenues for bringing their pay up over time? Yeah, um, for sure. Because we talked about this before on the podcast, people got to get away from like this whole thing where like you looking at paying coaches pennies, like it's garbage. It's a garbage idea, which is why nobody can keep staff. So yeah, that that's always been like an underlying goal too, as I've been going through this whole thing is it's not developing a business that can just pay myself, but I want to, you know, pay everybody else that's a part of this thing as well. And it's, I heard a long time ago, somebody said to me, very successful company in Boston. They were like, just take care of your people first. And right. everything else will follow suit. And that's, it's a hundred percent the truest thing. Well, and you know, the other part of that is just like, and I had my buddy who told me this the other day, he was like, he was asking me to do this project with him. I was like, why bro? I was like, you can do this by yourself. He's like, bro, it's not any fun if I do it by myself. Yeah. hundred percent. So build a team, build a team of people that not, you just don't like that. You fucking love that. You would love to hang out with that. You're just like, listen, I would love nothing more than to give these people en endless opportunities and you will be crazy happy you will have every everything that you wanted it's gonna be a lot of work but it'll happen like it and it'll yeah. be it will be everything that you wanted it to be and you'll be able to do other things as well you'll be right. able to interact with the community and give back to the charities that you want to do but it starts with all of that it was just like how do i do this how do i bring on again amazing people then they get better experience as they come through um yeah you you can't do this yourself as much as you think you can you need a kick-ass team in your corner to get through everything and just make this thing what you want it to be. Yeah. It's um last piece. Going what you've been through in the past year, what's one thing you would want every gym owner to know? Don't be afraid to ask for help. You don't know what you don't know. That is the best word of advice that I can give everybody is that you think you know it, but you don't know what you don't know. And it, I kind of shed that idea that mindset a long time ago it's like i like surrounding myself with people that have done things before and know more than me because you might not notice it right away but that stuff sheds off on you and i, I think you're the average of the five people that you spend your most time with so like if you surround yourself with good solid people with experience that know more than you like don't be afraid to be the stupidest person in the room and i think you've said this a nauseating amount of times but like, it's true. Like, don't be afraid to be the dumbest person in the room and just ask those questions because that stuff literally just seeps into your brain, you know, subliminally. And it, it helps you. Like you become a better person in terms of the way you think, the way that you run things. Like just look for help, you know, seek it out where it's there and just take advantage of that. That's hundred percent. Well, my friend, I'm not going to add to that. If you guys have any questions, hit us up. John, always a pleasure, my friend. We'll see you guys next time. Thank you. So you never miss an episode of the podcast. Subscribe to our YouTube channel and on all major podcasting platforms at best hour of their day. Thank you so much for tuning in and for being a part of the best hour of our day. See you next time.